This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Get used to the mantra, all gas. We're just getting started. Nothing stops this train. Nothing. Get used to the mantra, all gas, no break, no break, no break. From the headquarters of ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, this is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Week 18 in the National Football League, the permutations, the calculations, who's in, who could be in, who's out, who could be out. We're going to sort through all of that today here on Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Carlin, apparently one day back for the new year, too much for the big man to handle. He's out today. (laughs) He's out tomorrow. The earliest vacation in the history of Sports Talk Radio. So in his stead, my guy, Ian Fitzsimmons, who last I saw you, standing next to Matthew McConaughey on the sidelines at the Sugar Bowl, couldn't tell who was who. Right. Oh, yeah. Two handsome fellows, <laughs> yeah, right? Just yeah, just two Adonises. One, one guy overfed, uh, overserved uh, when it comes to the training table, and the other guy just pristine, right? So, there, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> just couldn't, I mean, I just, you know, Alpha and Omega is what that was. It wasn't two twins, right? I mean, that, that was one end no, of the it, spectrum it to the twins. other. It was Schwarzenegger and DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> then, um, what's it like being next to him in person? Like, oh, he's he awesome, is- man. I, I've gotten to know him over, you know, the last, you know, five, six years and calling a lot of Texas games. And, um, he's just a genuine human being that loves, you know, any kind of competition, uh, but especially football. I mean, in college football, he's, He's got a true obsession for it, like we all do. And, and he's a diehard Longhorn fan. And the, the crazy thing is, the last time I was with him was on that same field against Georgia when he said, look, Texas is not back until we're competing for national titles. And he was wearing that same jacket he calls Rusty. right? <laughs> That's his lucky jacket. right? So it was with him in 05. It was with him at the Georgia game uh, when, they, you know, when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. And he brought it. Uh, to the semifinal, and, he, and Rusty suffered his first loss. He oh. came up just a bit short, one play away, but he's a unique individual, man, to say the least. Hell of a football game. That's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. News from Carlin versus Joe Nation. Just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. we got a lot to get to today. Huge show. Huge, as they would say. Blake Corum, All-American running back, University of Michigan. He's going to join us today. But we begin in the NFL, where we've got a wild weekend in store, and it will be capped by the biggest game of the weekend. Sunday night football, the Buffalo Bills, scorching hot, like Hansel, so hot right now. Traveling to Miami to take take on the banged-up Dolphins. With all the teams that are winning in, Tampa Bay, for example, this weekend, this is the ultimate game. It's for the AFC East. The winner grabs that. If Miami loses, they're still into the playoffs. If Buffalo loses, it's going to depend on everything that's happened leading into that game. Ian, let's start with this. Your favorite to win the Super Bowl right now is the San Francisco 49ers. Your second favorite to win the Super Bowl at ESPN bet right now is the Baltimore Ravens. Your third favorite to win the Super Bowl at ESPN bet is the Buffalo Bills. And yet they're not even guaranteed a place in the playoffs. Yeah. Say, say that one more time, because I think people just wreck their trucks and cars and going, wait, hold on. You just said that the Bills are the third betting favorite to no. win the Super Bowl. Number yet, three. Yet 
they are not even in the postseason coming into Week 18. That's insane, man. Every team around them has already locked up a playoff spot. The Niners are the favorite. They're in. They're the one seed. The Ravens are the one seed. They're in. Then there's the Bills, not even guaranteed a playoff spot at 8-1. to one. And they're the third betting favorite. Number three, the wow. Cowboys are right after them. They're in the playoffs. The Chiefs are right after them. They won the division. They're in the playoffs. Then it's the Eagles. They're in the playoffs. Then it's the Dolphins. They're in the playoffs. Then it's the Lions. They're in the playoffs. Then it's the Browns. They're in the playoffs. <laughs> then you get to the Jags, who they're a winning in situation, and there's some other things going on. Like you're looking at the Bills sitting right there at the top, and they're not even guaranteed a playoff spot. They're a three point favorite in Miami for a game that Miami would very much like to win here. Like, are they that hot right now that we should be looking at the Bills? saying to ourselves, I don't know, man, this could be the team that wins the AFC. Well, think about this. Well, one of the last times I was on with you was about three weeks ago, right? And you and I were talking about how the Bills are a dangerous team yes. that's just in a funk right now. Now you fast forward three weeks later, and they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And a lot of that has to do with Joe Brady. You know, who and I'm, I'm a Ken Dorsey guy. I like him a lot. But it was a gutsy decision by head coach Sean McDermott to make that change. And ever since Brady took over, they're a different team. I mean, and, and I love the fact that Josh Allen, quarterback of the Bills, has embraced the fact that you need me to bus drive this game? Sure. You mean hand it off to James Cook 30 times? We'll do it. Whatever it takes to win. It's, he's not about stats. He's not about the man in the mirror. He's about everybody around him. You need me to chuck it 40 times and throw for 350? Sure, we'll do that also. I mean, Joe Brady has taken in uh, – he has truly gone from a play-calling perspective on the offensive side of the ball for Buffalo and exposing his opponent's weakness. If they're weak against the run, they're going to tote it 40 times. If they are weak against the pass, guess what? They're going to for- throw it 40 times. And that, to me, is the biggest difference, Joe, and I'm curious to see if you agree or disagree in the last three to four weeks with the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely. The offense has taken on a new shape, a new form. Orlovsky talks about this all the time. They weren't doing a lot of pre-snap motion. It was kind of predictable what was coming, and now they've changed that. They've changed that, and as a result of that, the offense is giving multiple looks. They're having success in a multitude of ways. They're not stumbling all over themselves. They didn't blow out the Chargers or the Patriots the last two weeks. Two games that the point spread indicated they could blow them out. But Holiday season with that Charger game, though, man. You know, I played that angle in the uh, Ravens-Niner uh, game. For people who don't know. I brought that up on ESPN Bet Live. We're Bill back Holian. tomorrow. ESPN 2, I believe we're on at 5 p.m. Eastern. You said it. We were talking about the game. Everyone's picking the Niners. And I don't know. I was talking to Ian Fitzsimmons, who heard from Bill Polian, longtime executive. And Bill always said around the holidays, the home team's got a lot of distractions, people at the airport, a lot of errands. Meanwhile, the road team's only focused on the game. And when that game played out, I thought, man, those Niners have been making too many trips to the airport. <laughs> that's, <laughs> going up, that's what had to do it here. Yeah, get some half and half or some whipping right? cream for a pie, it, whatever. That, it got to them. Or, or dads. And my favorite part about that Polian story where, folks, Bill Polian always says crazy things happen at Dash for Cash around Christmas and, uh, you know, in the holidays. And, and that's what's insane about the, about the NFL, especially when you're, you're trying to clinch a playoff spot. You're wondering, how the hell did that team lose? And you have like guys like Peyton Manning going, I don't want to hear about any of you at the mall yep. on your feet taking your little kids to go see Santa Claus. Get <laughs> off your feet, rest up, we got a game to win. And that's the insanity around the holidays, and that's why we are here with how many teams still alive in Week 18? A big part of it is because in the dash for cash, crazy things happen at the end of the season, especially 
around Christmas. 11 teams fighting wow. over five playoff spots. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Bills, Dolphins, Sunday night. Bills a three-point favorite on the road. A lot of that might have to do with the injury sustained by Miami quarterback Tua Tungavailoa at the end of the Baltimore game this past weekend. He banged up his throwing shoulder on a run late in the game. No word on the official status of Tua going into the game. But Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst, was talking about why the Dolphins might have the edge over the Bills in this matchup. Okay, so there's a couple of ways to answer this. The, the advantage from the injuries is probably the Bills, but I feel best about the Dolphins for a couple of reasons. Number one, I am still having trouble trusting this Buffalo Bills team. They have a tendency to play to the level of their opponent. Number two, and the more important factor, Mike McDaniel is a hard brain to outsmart twice. Yes, we know what kind of shoes he wears. We know the watches. We know he has the funny jokes and... <laughs> He says all the crazy things to his players, coaches, media. But the reason he got this job is because he is to game planning what Tyreek Hill is to open field route running, mm. right? Like, he is the best at that. And so I know that he's obsessive. I know that first game that he, he lost to the Bills in, and it was his opportunity to show that there's a new, you know, top dog in the division, has haunted him. And I just expect him to have an impeccable game plan for the last game of the season. All right, that's very interesting because I'm going to let everybody here on in on a little secret. It's something I've devised over the last month plus since I moved to Connecticut. Here at oh headquarters Lord. at here ESPN, we here we go. you walk around this place, you run into nothing but sports fans. Everyone, whether you're on camera, on mic or not, has an opinion. And you run into a lot of ex-players, ex-coaches, and you have these conversations. I have something I've devised that's called Triple H. Not the pro wrestler, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple H is the headquarter hallway handicap. I walk around <laughs> the ESPN headquarters in the hallways talking to everyone. And when everyone's telling you the same thing, I nod my head and I very quietly walk away thinking we might be going the We're other going way. We're going the other way. And Contrarian. Out, exactly. And outside of Hawkins, everyone's been talking about the Bills. Bills are white hot. Bills have the momentum. And I hear Hawkins say that and I start thinking to myself, Maybe Miami's live here, live, more live than people realize. Triple H, don't tell anyone. For all, the millions of you listening, keep it to yourselves because no one's going to talk to me anymore. No more Sunday morning conversations with Herm Edwards in the makeup room, which has become a, <laughs> f- a very favorite thing of mine. Hey, you sound like Richard Dreyfus, and I can't remember the movie uh, uh, in the name of the movie. What about, it was Bob? about horse racing, right? And, <laughs> not, not it, and he finally is in the men's room. And, you know, even though, like, the guy who shines your shoes or whatever, right, or has a breath mint for you, he's like, no, oh, give me – I like the three-horse scratch, that one, <laughs> right? Okay, and he just goes around until one horse is left, and it was like a 60-to-1 shot, and he put everything he had – oh, it's called Let It Ride. And he let everything he Makes had sense. ride on the one horse that nobody picked, and the damn thing won. There right? So there you go. To your point, you are Richard Dreyfus in the movie Let It Ride, where no matter what, if everybody else says one thing, you're going the complete opposite way, and I respect the heck out of it. Triple H, the headquarter hallway oh, man, handicap, handicap, which now that that's out in the open, there's not a soul at this company nope. that's going to want to talk to me ever again. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. All right, so here's the situation. Five playoff spots are still available. Out of 14 playoff spots, five are still available. 11 teams are in the mix. We're going to break it all down for you next. ESPN Radio, right here. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carlin vs. Joe. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. of the brilliant minds over at ESPN Stats and Info. Entering the final week of the NFL regular season, five playoff spots and four divisional titles are on the line. That's tied for the most divisions that were not clinched entering the final week since 2002. So we haven't seen this in 20 plus years. Now, the division titles that haven't been clinched yet, AFC East, it's going to come down to Dolphins and Bills, AFC South, Everybody, pretty much, except the uh, – who are we keeping out of that one? Stop it. I'm blanking on that you, one. Yeah, whatever. Which one am I blanking on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to – AFC well, South. My, my little brother's team where he coaches. AFC Carolina. South. Carolina's NFC South. Oh, I thought you said NFC. So. No, why would I do that to you? Because you're you. At least right – at least not now. I, I was It was in order. Maybe the I had to get hour? My, yeah, Got I had to it. get myself okay. to the NFC. The <laughs> Titans, that's it. I don't know why I'm blanking on all that. Point is, we have got a wild weekend in score, and that's what we want to talk about right now. Here are the teams that are in. Nine teams are in right now. Baltimore's in. They're a one-seed divisional winner. San Francisco's in. They're a one-seed divisional winner. Kansas City, Detroit, both won their divisions. They're in. Rams and Browns can't win their divisions, but they've locked up wildcard seeds. Miami, Philly, and Dallas are all in. We just don't know how. Dallas and Philly will play for the, the weekend. Uh, if Dallas wins, they get the NFC East and the birds are a wild card. Vice versa, the Eagles are going to need a Cowboy loss and a win if they're going to win the NFC East. Five spots remain for 11 teams. Five spots. Here's what we've got in the AFC. Mercy. Three spots are available. Two divisions, and we'll start with the AFC. Two divisions are up for grabs. It's the AFC East and the AFC South. 
Five teams are in play for the three spots left. There's also a wild card available. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indy, Houston. And I love the way we've structured this, Ian, because we have the Steelers at Baltimore on Saturday. So at least we'll have some answers or some idea of how things are going to play out as we launch into the weekend. Who's on first? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, this is insane, man. What was it, three weeks ago that we, we had, was it 22 of the 32 were still alive? Like, like legit alive. And then it's been slow. I mean, I do mean slow attrition for these NFL teams that are seeking life in the postseason. And now coming into week 18, you've got 11 teams with a legit shot to still make the playoffs. That's insane, man. I mean, that's crazy. Like, what when you was th- the last time you saw something like this? I don't rem- I remember it in baseball like four or five years ago when it was it Evan Longoria. It was longer than that, probably maybe, maybe nine, ten years ago when Evan Longoria hit that home run for Tampa. Oh, man. Which had that massive trickle-down effect, right, where three teams got eliminated on one bomb. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. That's what you're seeing right now in the NFL coming into Week 18 with with so many teams still alive. I want to say 2011 because I had just moved to Las Vegas for the first time. Of course, why move to Las Vegas only once? You move there at least right, twice. That's what normal people do. I don't know what the rest <laughs> of you are doing. First time I moved there, that and I remember where I was sitting watching that because it wasn't just what Longoria did. It felt like there were two or three games happening at the same time that were deciding all of MLB's playoff structure in like a five five-minute stretch and we've had this before in the NFL do you remember that game years ago I want to say Buffalo fans were like in Miami they had just beaten the Dolphins and they were standing in the tunnel watching the TVs in the walkway because Pittsburgh was playing Cincinnati and they needed like the Bengals to spring the upset over the Steelers to get in and they got it and they were all celebrating up on the concourse We're going to very much have something like that this weekend because there's so much that's up for grabs. Like Tampa Bay in the NFC, Tampa Bay wins, they're in. That's it. They claim the division, and it's all said and done. They're laying five and a half at Carolina. That should be a winnable game where they take them out. But stranger things have happened. Green Bay's laying three against Chicago in the NFC. Packers win that game. Packers are in the playoffs. I mean, Jordan Love and the Packers were left for dead a few weeks ago. A few weeks before that, they were the hot flavor in the league. And then a few weeks before that, it was the beginning of the season when no one gave them a chance. Does this not sum up that old adage where the NFL is truly a week-to-week league? Yeah. Without question, right? I mean, absolutely. And would I be shocked if little bro in Carolina beat Tampa? No. we've, We've seen this kind of thing before. I mean, look, I'll be brutally honest. Yeah, they stink. They're a bad football team. They've had a tough year. You think? It's just a tough year. <laughs> right. you know, we're right. rebuilding. Yeah, we're calling moving trucks. But anyway, <laughs> point is, though, I mean, who knows? I mean, that's what's insane about, like, like look, the New Orleans Saints go down to Tampa, and Tampa was red hot with Baker Mayfield, and they punked them. I yeah. mean, it wasn't even close. And that number never moved, Joe. And that, that's what shocked me, where you had a large percentage of sharp money that came in on New Orleans, right? But America was all over Tampa, but that number never moved. And that's why Vegas is Vegas. That's why the air-conditioned massive buildings in that yeah. Nevada desert where you moved not <laughs> once, but twice. Twice. And you see crazy things happen. Well, this weekend, I mean, it, it's... I wouldn't be surprised if chaos is a coming in the National Football League in Week 18. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Get this. Six teams. Six can clinch a playoff spot with a victory in the regular season finale. Those six teams are the Bills. Beat the Dolphins Sunday night. They're in. They win the division. 
Jacksonville beats the Titans, they clinch a spot in the playoffs. And the Texans-Colts winner in the AFC, the winner of that game, clinches a playoff spot. So you're in. Now, it could be for the division, depending on what happens to the Jags, but it's also for a wild card spot there. Now, in addition to that, that's the AFC. Buccaneers beat the Panthers. They clinch a spot. Packers beat the Bears. They clinch a spot. The Steelers, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints, and Vikings all need some help to extend their season. But that's where we are. Like, it is going to be a wild weekend in terms of shaking all of this down. You're trying to figure out some of these teams that might work their way in. Like, does Pittsburgh become dangerous? If they beat Baltimore this weekend, Baltimore's got nothing to play for. Steelers are laying a field goal, three and a half points in that matchup. And Baltimore's going to rest, guys. You think they just punt on that game? I would. I mean, there's no reason to take the risk. We already Lamar, know, the right? Niners aren't going to risk Christian McCaffrey this weekend. They're going to rest him. He's got a bit of a calf strain. If you're if you're Baltimore, you're, you're not putting Roquan Smith out there, are you? I would not. Obviously, would, Kyle Hamilton was inactive last week, right? So, I mean, so this comes down to that argument, there. though, of like if you rest guys this week, then they have a bye week. They're not playing for like three weeks, and then they come out in the divisional round. Are they rusty? I would never want to risk any sort of injury now because it can just deflate everybody. I remember Wes Welker when he was a wide receiver Great for the point. Patriots blowing out his knee, I think, in Houston in a meaningless game in Week 17 at the end of the season. And, like, that deflated the entire locker room. Derek Carr, it wasn't the last week of the season, but in the one random year that the Raiders were trying to make something happen under Jack Del Rio, Carr broke his ankle with one week to go in the regular season, and you just knew all the life was sucked out of the building for the Raiders. All right, let me ask you this then, because you can go the opposite also, and that is, remember Giants and Patriots, which ended up being a Super Bowl preview. Pats had nothing to play for. Giants had a ton on the line, but the Pats went out there with everybody, Tom Brady, Randy Moss, and it was an epic, epic game. Also, go. That's where the Giants got the belief they could win that game. And no doubt. They knew they played them harder than anybody in that season. Yep. And won that game. Yeah. Remember, Giants beat them in the regular season, then ran it back again in the Super Bowl as a massive, massive. Wait, uh, are you talking about the first year? Because there was the one, there was the 19 and 0 season where the Patriots got derailed by the Giants. They they played the the Giants the following two years. I think it was two years later. Yeah, whatever. Two years later. Okay. But, and then you have Peyton Manning and the Colts, right? Where Jim Caldwell. Rested guys yeah. and Manning and Jeff Saturday and all the frontline players were livid because, to your point, they wanted to keep that momentum, that chemistry, that flow going. So there's you, you can make a point for each one, but there's no way if I'm Baltimore that I'm running Lamar Jackson and my frontline guys back out there. Colts Texans Saturday night on ESPN. Just throwing out a little company business as well while we're handling our our workload around here. Man, what a weekend it's going to be. I got to I got to really right? I got to kiss up to the wife the next few days I'm realizing. Like we really got to do a lot of kissing up. Get everyone nice and comfortable so that when Saturday comes it's like, look, I'm I'm checking out home. for the next 48 hours. I just, I just got home last night. Yeah, you're <laughs> I'm leaving in, in 36 hours. <laughs> so thanks. Oh. Appreciate it. Oh, you've been on a wild ride. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. The Philadelphia Eagles, they're in the playoffs. They're one of the teams that we haven't really had to talk much about yet. But here's the thing. Are they even still contending for the Super Bowl? Because I have a sinking feeling as an Eagle fan that there's more than meets the eye as to what's gone wrong with that team. We're going to talk about that next. But that is after I have this from our good friends at Granger. And for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer all your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Ranger.com, or just stop by.
Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Simmons, I'm Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. To the phones we go, former Eagle linebacker, three-time Pro Bowler, host of the Seth Joyner Show on YouTube. Seth Joyner, kind enough to join us here on Carlin versus Joe. Seth, Happy New Year. We appreciate the time. I just want to dive right into it. I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania, born and raised Eagle fan. Watched you growing up, watched Randall growing up, the McNabb era, all that stuff. Everyone's asking the same thing about the birds right now. What has gone wrong with this team late in the season? <laughs> well, it's not late in the season. It's been, you know, they played like this all year. You know, they just fortunately at the beginning of the season, they got away with some wins that they're not getting away with now. You know, they started off 5-0 and and then they dropped one to the Jets and then they run off five more, you know, before they hit the gauntlet of this season. And, you know, ever since the San Francisco game, you know, they've kind of just been all out of sorts and they can't get it together. Um, they look ineffective and, you know, confused on the offensive side of the ball as to what they want to do and who they want to really be. You know, the strength of the, of the offense is their run is their offensive line. So quite naturally, you would think that, you know, they've always been, you know, in the upper upper 10 you know, as far as ranking, as far as, you know, the rushing is concerned, a lot of people believe that's because of Jalen Hurts, but you got a thousand yard rusher behind you. Yet there's point in times in games where they don't run the ball at all until things go haywire and then they go back to running the football. Um, you know, they have no answer, you know, offensively, you know, for blitz, teams are blitzing. Um, Jalen Hurts has seen zero blitz, I believe, 56 times this year, more than any other quarterback in the National Football League. And, you know, the Eagles offense doesn't sight adjust and they don't have hot routes. Those are viewed as, you know, opportunities to take shots down the field and you're asking the quarterback to do too much when he's got a free runner running right in his face to be able to complete a ball down the field. Um, the defense is a whole different ball of wax because, you know, you make the move to go to Matt Patricia from Sean Desai and now Matt Patricia is actually running Sean Desai's defense. And when you watch him, they're trying to create some things, 
you know, on the fly, um, you know, for a bunch of young guys, you have to play in the secondary and a, you know, lack of talent at the linebacker position. And now you're at a place where, you know, you can't even stop the run. They could stop the run early in the year in their five-man front, but now they can't stop it in the four or the five-man front. And once that happens, the entire playbook's open, you know, to attack the defense. So they got some issues. And, you know, I, I don't know how they fix it. They've been talking about fixing it all season long. And here we are in week 18. They're still talking about fixing it and getting some things right. Um, I just I believe it's safe to assume that they're not going to get it fixed. They should beat the Giants this week, um, but I don't I, I don't I'm not hopeful that they're going to go that far in the playoffs. Well, that, that is tremendous insight on the state of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? your defending NFC champion who's struggling right now. And like, you were part of a Super Bowl team. You went to the playoffs for the majority of your of your career and went on over a decade in the NFL, Seth. How important, if you can, put it into layman's terms for people who never played at the level, which is 99.99% of our audience, <laughs> how important is it right now to be playing your best football and how hard is it to fix it if you aren't playing your best football right now? Well, everybody wants to be peaking at the right time. <clears throat> you know, when you look at teams across the National Football League and the supposed contenders versus the pretenders, um, you know, it's clear you can clear to see. You know, when you look at the NFC, you know, San Francisco is the creme de la creme, but they got undressed a couple of weeks ago. Um, so every team, you know, has had their period of where things didn't go well and they didn't look right. Um, but San Francisco is a much more resilient football team. You know, they bounced back last week, you know, with a big win. Um and then you look at the Rams. The Rams are trending in the right in, in the right direction. You know, they started off slow. All of a sudden, they get the running game going. They get Matt, Matthew Stafford hitting on all cylinders. You know, and they are a dangerous football team. Um, the Detroit Lions, up and down. You don't really know what you're going to get. In my opinion, you know, if you pressure Jay, um, um, Jared Goff, um, you can most certainly make that offense. You know, less dynamic than it is. That's his Achilles' heel. That's why Sean McVay moved on. And then you look over in the AFC. The only team in the AFC right now that looks unbeatable to me is the Baltimore Ravens. And what they're doing is, you know, they are playing an old-school brand of football. We're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to beat you multiple ways. We're going to run the football. You know, and everyone said that that brand of football was dead, that in this analytics era that you throw the ball on, you know, early in the game, you throw it. 35, 40, 45 times, you get a lead, and then you run the ball late in the game to actually um, to win football games. But they are proving, and in a lot of ways, San Francisco is proving that the old style of football is still alive and well if you can execute it the way it needs to be executed. Um, so you want to be peaking in the right direction. This is the time of the year. You don't want to be searching for anything. Now you've had, you know, 16, 17 weeks to kind of figure it out. And you want to be peaking at the right time. Um, but, you know, the team can get hot. All of a sudden, you know, something clicks. And the team can get hot and go on a run. We've seen it before. We've seen it with the Giants, you know, years ago. Um, struggle, 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 and got into the playoffs as a wild card team. And boom, you know, win the Super Bowl. So, you know, all's not lost. It's just much more difficult to project, you know, what that team is going to be like when you see them playing at the level that they're playing right now. I always say that, you know, show me how a team is playing right now and I'll show you how they're going to be playing down the road. It's a future projection. 
Seth Joyner, former Eagles linebacker, host of the Pond La Hockey postgame show, available, excuse me, wherever you get your podcasts. Joining Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. Everything okay, in your opinion, with, with wide receiver A.J. Brown? You know, earlier in the year, there was a bit of a, a dust-up that he wasn't getting targeted enough. And throughout the year, it feels like things have quietly bubbled up at times. You know, coming off that Giants win, which was their first win in like a month, he didn't even want to talk to the media afterwards. He seemed like the only guy who was still really upset. And it feels like there's more behind the scenes than just some questionable play on the field. Do you think everything's all right there? Well, listen, I, I think that everything is fine. I, I, You know, A.J. wants to win, and A.J. knows that he can help this team win. You know, when he's running certain routes, particularly a slant route, there's not a cornerback in the National Football League that can stop him. He's, you know, 6'2", 220 pounds. And, you know, when he's not being utilized, you know, like many diva wide receivers, they're going to, you know, get upset. And when you see the team struggling, if the team is winning, there's not a whole lot to be upset about. But if the team is struggling, and the team's been struggling all season long, they've just been fortunate enough to find ways to win games, some games, you know, that they probably should have lost. Um, but he wants to be a part of the solution, you know, uh, to why the team is actually winning. And I think that, you know, he and, you know, Devontae Smith and, you know, a host of other offensive players are really um, frustrated in their lack of ability to continually be effective and efficient on the offensive side of the ball. There are times where you look at this offense and you're like, man, these dudes are unstoppable. They can run the football. They can throw the football. They got wide receivers across the board. They got, you know, a top three tight end in the National Football League. And then there's other times you look at them and it's like, my God, what what were they thinking when they called that play? (laughs) Like – like like when you're when you're first and twenty, okay, and the offensive coordinator calls two quarterback sweeps in a row and you lose yards and then you go bubble screen on third down, if I'm a wide receiver, hell yeah, I'm gonna be mad. Because you know what? And and most people would say, What play do you have in your playbook for first and twenty? You don't have one. But what you do have and what efficient offenses and offensive coordinators and efficient quarterbacks do is they try to get seven back on first down, try to get five or six on, on, um, on second down, and then try to pick up the rest or at least get to their signature brotherly shove distance where they can go for it on fourth and one and move the chains. But when you go quarterback, sweep, quarterback, sweep, bubble screen to your running back and you got, the smallest wide receiver in Devontae Smith on your on your roster out there trying to block for a running back on a bubble screen. Come on, now you you I, now I understand why AJ Brown is pissed off because you know you can't make you can't say that you know you've got a, a wide receiver one paying him twenty five million dollars a year and in that scenario he doesn't see the ball at all and he's usually away from the bubble screen, meaning that he's locked up one-on-one on the backside, meaning that he can get that seven-yard slant on first down all day. And you're running a sweep? Great call. Great call. Great insight into all the issues that are currently befuddling the Philadelphia Eagles. Seth Joyner, former Eagle linebacker, hosted the Seth Joyner Show on YouTube. Seth, we appreciate the time. Thank you very much. You got it, guys. Take care. Ian, as quickly as possible, Eagles, one and done in the playoffs? Right now, I think so, especially after everything you just heard from that guy. Yeah, it did not. It's not like he was like, you guys are overblowing this. They're fine. 
He didn't even consider that. <laughs> There's issues in yeah. Philly. That's yeah. what I heard. Big issues. Big issues. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the other team in Pennsylvania, they're going to stick with Mason Rudolph at quarterback this week with a chance at the playoffs on the line. But here's the big question. Who's going to be the starting quarterback in 2024? Not 2024. January 2024 next season. You know where we're going with this, people. <laughs> He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Caller versus Joe. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. It's Najee into the middle of the line, and the pile moves grudgingly, but goes forward. Oh, what are they going to call? That's a touchdown. They call a touchdown. Ah! All we can do is win the games that we're in. Can't spend a bunch of time scoreboard watching and things of that nature. Yeah, and just like that, after doubting Mike Tomlin once again, Mike Tomlin, you know, just kind of went out and showed everybody, yeah, we got it under control. At the very least, we are going to complete for a play- compete for a playoff spot. Once again, he's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. News from Carlin versus Joe Nation just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line. So here we go. Two weeks after the conversation as to whether or not the Steelers should move on from Mike Tomlin, the Steelers calmly go out and win two football games in a row. They ensure themselves a winning record. Tomlin now, I believe, in season 17 has never had a losing record in charge of the Pittsburgh Steelers. A remarkable stretch run. Three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Ravens this weekend. Could be a tough matchup, although Baltimore's already locked up the one seed. Therefore, they may be resting everybody. Excellent scenario if you're the Steelers to try to make your way into the playoffs. And yet, there's still some questions that are percolating. Kenny Pickett, first-round draft pick from over a year ago, in season number two, there were some reports that had surfaced that perhaps he wasn't overly thrilled about the idea of being QB2 this past weekend in Seattle while backing up the hot hand in Mason Rudolph. He spoke to the media and had this to say. I saw reports out there that I feel like we're attacking, you know, my character and how I am as a person, not even getting into a player standpoint of it. Um, There was no talk of me being a backup quarterback this week in terms of being a two. Um, If I was healthy enough to play and the trainers and coaches felt like I looked good enough to play, I was going to start and play. Um, If they believed that I was not, which they believed I was not, I was not going to dress and suit up for the game. Um, So whoever reported that, I don't know where it started. Um, it's kind of crazy what people will write and put out there um, to try to, you know, prove their point or help their standpoint or their careers and, and what you guys do. Um, but, you know, disappointing to see that um, without any proof or basis of it. What are we thinking moving forward here? Pickett was supposed to be the guy. It's been a bit uneven. And it's one thing when we had Matt Canada to blame and we had wide receivers who weren't putting in all their effort and everything that was going on in Pittsburgh. But when you make the shift to a backup in Mason Rudolph and the offense looks good and you're winning football games, you no longer have the ability to just put all the blame on Canada. Like some of that's going to land on Pickett's doorstep. Yeah, and, and here's a kicker. Mason Rudolph right now has a hot hand. Yeah. And, and Mike Tomlin sees it. You see it. I see it. You know the, anybody else in that room 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers also sees it and feels it, you ride the hot hand. You're not, you're not sitting Mason Rudolph right now. And that's what stood out to me. I am in listening to that soundbite again. I want to emphasize, he said, I would start and play. Well, guess what? Hey, Kenny Pickett, that ain't your decision, man. It is not. So he said if he was healthy, he, he, he would start and play. Well, hold on a minute. Would you? Because right now, if I'm Mike Tomlin, and I'm, we're watching this from afar, right? But he's in the middle of it. And I'm, I'm telling you, having called probably, what, 15 to 20 Pittsburgh Steelers games over the last seven, eight years, that man has a pulse for his team as well as any head coach at any level, whether big boy college football or the NFL. You think he's going to sit Mason Rudolph right now, the way he's playing and that offense is going, just because you have a first-round draft pick and Kenny Pickett and you want to keep him happy? That ain't happening, man. Not with that guy. Not with that coach. So I thought it was curious, Joe, and I want to get your thoughts on this. When you heard, uh, you know, I would start and play, is that Pickett's opinion or would that be Mike Tomlin's decision? Pickett's Pickett's opinion. I agree. Pickett's opinion. I don't think that Tomlin is a wonderful coach in a variety of regards. But if you're going to give him just one attribute, he understands the locker room. He understands the culture. No doubt. He's a guy who gets it. This team has had an up and down season. He's not a fool who is going to finally find something. They're going to start winning. And then he's going to go against that for what reason? Pickett's not Peyton Manning coming back from an injury. Pickett's a guy who we're not writing off. He's got a future. He's got some upside. We've seen some bright notes. He's young. He's only made a handful of starts over one and a half seasons. But the thing is, they're fighting for a playoff spot. And he's been trying to get this team to buy in, to stay together, to cover each other's backs. And when they went to Rudolph, they've won some crucial games. They were a home dog in Cincinnati. They found a way to beat the Bengals. They just went to Seattle. You can say what you want about the Seahawks. They're a playoff contender, and it's always difficult to go to Seattle and get a win. And they went to Najee Harris, right? And, and Seattle does not have a great run, D, right? Exactly. So what do they do? You fed the beast that and, and, and looked at... Where are they weak? Well, we're going to do that. And Mason Rudolph was cool being a bus driver. Exactly. He did exactly what he needed to do. He's completing 68% of his passage, which is fantastic. He's averaging about 280 passing yards a game. He hasn't thrown an interception in these two games. Small sample, but he's doing what needs to be done for Pittsburgh to compete for a playoff spot. You're not going to move against that. Where this gets interesting is if we get into the playoffs and Rudolph looks good, all right, maybe he'll have a shot at the job next year. But what do you think the future holds for the position in Pittsburgh? Like when we get to next year, the Steelers have to be looking around thinking, all right, we've got guys that can play. We've got a defense. Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. It looks like Russell Wilson's going to be out there. Who knows what the Bears are thinking with Justin Fields? More on that in a little bit. What do you think the quarterback position holds for Pittsburgh? Do you think Pickett's the guy next season to start week one? No, I don't. Really? And I don't think that they believe it as well, watching Mason Rudolph right now. Uh, So, you know, is it Russell Wilson? I mean, I'll throw that back at you because, I mean, he is going to be available, but that's a big price tag. That's a lot of money that you're going to have to pick up because I don't think the donkeys in Denver are going to help you out a ton. They may take some of that money, you know, on their freight, but you're going to have to pay a lot of that upfront money and that guaranteed contract. So that's an angle that everyone's assuming Russell Wilson, right, is going to be on the market and so many teams are going to want him, you know, to come play for him. But you got to remember, he's older and that's a big, big contract you also have to take on. So 
Right now, if Mason Rudolph, and I, I can't believe I'm, I'm about to say this, but if he continues this hot hand, you have to give him serious consideration going into really? the 24-25 campaign. Well, look at the way he's playing, Joe. Well, is it like the Nick I mean, Foles thing lie, in Philadelphia? Man. Is it like, like the Nick Foles up. thing in Philadelphia? Like, Foles went on the run. He he steadied the ship. He went on the run. They won the but, Super Bowl. And then the next year, they went back to Wentz. But there were a lot of people in Philly that still were looking at Foles. Thinking, you, know what, you, know you know what's crazy about Nick Foles? And, and you're a Philly guy, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. He seemed to shine when he wasn't the guy. Right. He he excelled His whole been like in that. two different places, right? Yeah. Where he wasn't the frontline dude, he was the savior. And that's when he was at his best. Now, I don't know if that's Mason Rudolph or not, but I think Nick Foles is a very unique case where when he was the starter, he stunk. Yeah. When he was the guy who has to go save the team, he excelled. I think you're right about that. And that's exactly what we've seen in more than one occasion. If it was just the one run, it's one thing. But the next year, they needed him to do something similar in the playoffs, and he stepped up again, right? Yep. They had the double doink in Chicago they ended up winning. And then in New Orleans, they gave him all they could handle. If Alshon Jeffrey runs the right route at the end of the game, doesn't fall down, they end yep. up in a situation where they're playing to beat the Saints in that matchup. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Kirk Cousins is intriguing to me. You bring a guy like that in if you're the Steelers, he's not the long-term answer. But if he's coming off the injury and he's willing to move, and he probably wants to stay in Minnesota, but if he's willing to move, I wonder if they'd kick that one around. We mentioned Justin Fields. Decision time looming for the Bears, who have the number one pick in this year's draft. That's coming up next. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Formal, Carlin versus Joe Eastman. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.